Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am one of your co-hosts, one of your co-hosts on the show, Jeff Ellis. We are going to get into this big win. Did the whole series shift today? How are you feeling? You have to be feeling a lot better with the way things are set up. We're going to get into the game. We are going to preview Game Three on today's Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am one of your co-hosts on the show, Jeff Ellis. Uh, before joining Lockdown, I was a draft and prospect analyst. It's gotten 24-7, and before that, I wrote for a myriad of Cleveland sports blogs. Justin, where do they know you from? Yeah, I'm Justin Ladd. I'm the new co-host. Uh, not so new anymore, I guess. But yeah, I've crossed paths with Jeff just about everywhere. Fan side at ESPN, Sweet Spot, Burning River Baseball, Indians Baseball Insider now, Guardians Baseball Insider, where I'm the editor-in-chief, formerly the News Herald, still sort of with the News Herald, covering the Guardians minor leagues. And uh, now I'm here with you, Jeff, and I am ready. I've, I've had a great day. Guardians win. I just went and saw my favorite band play, and I'm, I'm amped. I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, I'll just be honest of everyone. I am excited and happy about the game, but you can definitely hear the head cold, I am sure. So, yeah, um, just head cold warning. Like, let's put it out there. I'm going to sound weird, and I'm going to do my darndest to not cough into the mic. But as we know, even when I don't have a bad head cold, it's not always the easiest thing. Speaking of things that haven't been easy, uh, offensive performance has not been easy for this team to come by. Uh, high strikeouts have been a big problem. You know, we discussed... You know, I, we discussed the need to work counts and we'll get into some guys who really work counts today and helped get Cortez out of this game early. And I got to give credit, you know, uh, sitting here after one of our shows and I can't remember if we made it on the show or not, but we were talking about like, you know, Cortez has had these two starts and who has played well. It's Ahmed. And I believe Ahmed was his first, one of his earliest home runs of the year, like his third or something came off Cortez. Isn't that correct? Justin, I, he had another one today. <clears throat> Yeah, it was July 4th weekend. It was in, I think it was a doubleheader they lost. They got destroyed in the first game, but early on he hit a home run in that game. And it wasn't the same pitch, but it was a four-seam fastball. It was uh, in that game it, <clears throat> at Progressive Field. It was middle-middle, and today it was a little bit down more. But that was a heck of a poke. It was over 400 feet, and it was to one of the deeper parts of the ballpark. So it was not a, uh, a Mickey Mouse home run. It was a legitimate uh, home run, and it was a big one because it tied things at two. Yeah, it was, you know, I have to say, like, there was part of me as I'm watching this game, uh, teaching and then like peeking my head over teaching, you know, uh, it, every few batters going, you know, it's you, you hit your your points where kids are working. You can kind of peer at stuff. And that first inning was a little dispiriting just because it was they had the great setup. You're feeling good. And then, you know, uh, uh can't remember if it was a fly out or a pop-up i don't think it was a strikeout and then the weird double play and then they come around and get you know the was it the the runs weren't right away in this one where yeah they were they were in the first so it was uh, and two nothing felt huge at that point in time mm -hmm. and i couldn't think of a worse start you know just to to lay that out there it's kind of amazing for this team to have finally broken through after having every reason to be down, they're facing a really tough matchup. They're facing a very good team. 
they have struggled and then the first inning goes off the rails and somehow, you know, they find it in them to recover. Yeah. And the first inning again, too, Cleveland had two on and nobody out. It was Juan with the bunt single and then Rosario slaps one to, to the right side for a hit. They have two on, nobody out. And then, yeah, Jose flies out and then, right, it's done. It's just a double play. Gonzalez lines out. They, that was like, I don't know. I don't want to say it was backbreaking right away, but it felt like it because it was another instance where the guardians had runners on. It didn't capitalize. And then the next inning, the bottom half of the inning is the, is the home run. You're like, man, they, they left two, two runners on base with nobody out again. And they just give two home two a two run homer in the first inning. Like that was, that's about as bad as it could get. Right. No, I guess not as bad, but it was, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And they wouldn't get a hit after that until the fourth inning when they get a run across, but in between the first and the fourth, in my opinion, someone who's a bit of an unsung hero in this game, I haven't seen as much talk about it is Austin hedges. Listen, hedges has not been good. You know, we, we don't need to put a, anything else on it. We all know like he is getting pinch hit for late for a reason, even when he's having a good day, but a pair of walks today, keeping things going. And there was, I think it was with hedges and straw where Hedges saw like nine pitches and Straw saw, I mean, 16 pitches between two hitters in one inning. Nestor Cortez only threw 92. He was out of there through five. That's huge. It's what we've talked about, like needing to see a few more pitches. This Yankees bullpen is not deep. It got used heavily. And part of that is, you know, again, kudos to the Hedges, pair of walks and working counts, not making it easy this whole day for the opposing team. And <clears throat> Not that it's going to be show up in the box score. Not that it it made a difference when it did happen because Jonathan Loisica was good again against them. But um, even in the at bat where Hedges struck out swinging, he saw six pitches. Like he he probably he, he would have walked. He did swing at ball four, I think, in that at bat. But um, yeah, the guy saw what eight, um, fifteen. And then, yeah, so he saw, he saw 21 pitches and three at-bats. That's an average of seven and a bat. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, at least that's what you had to do. You had to, to drive pitch counts up. You had to get in the bullpen. And they did that. It took them a while, but um, that was the most important thing was to start getting into the bullpen. And they didn't they didn't do it by scoring runs, but they at least they at least did it with the pitch count, which I'm surprised by. If I'm – let me ask you this. We didn't, we didn't plan for this. This is going to throw you off a little bit, but um, – Aaron Boone made some really interesting decisions. Like I think at 93 pitches facing Owen Miller, Andre Jimenez and Austin hedges, I would have left Nestor Cortez to go out for the sixth inning. I don't know why he decided he had to start the inning with Lou Trevino at that part of the order with 93. I think you could have let, cause Cortez is not coming back this, this series. Most likely he's not going to pitch again. Um, if he does, he's going to give you like an inning in game five that gets there. I would have let him go against the bottom of the order, but he decided to go to Trevino and it didn't make a difference, but it was one inning earlier and he had to bring a reliever in. So, and, and, and yeah. Trevino did not get through that inning. He walked Jimenez and then Jimenez stole second. And then they decided to go to Loisaga and Loisaga was, was good. Um, I think he went, uh, an inning and two thirds. He was fantastic, but you know, he could have saved the a little bit later in the game and maybe not had to go to Jamison Tyone. So what do you think about that? You know, we talked about the idea of the three times through the order, but this is not uh, the meat of the order. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there. O- Owen Miller, we've talked about is one of the 25 worst hitters in baseball this year. 
bringing in anyone to face him. And then when you bring in a righty instead of the lefty in that situation, it's like, again, do they not do their research? Do they not know that he hits righties much better than lefties? Do they not realize that like you're going up against a part of the lineup that is, you know, him and his split isn't as bad, but it is still there. Like he definitely hits righties better than lefties. I don't. Yeah, I agree. In this specific case, it's not like we're talking about the top of the order. It's not like we're talking a third time through, you know, the middle of the order. Miller, Jimenez and Hedges. That's it's a little weird. Yeah, I don't understand the timing there. And unless they have some plan where they think they're going to be able to get more than an inning out of him. I I don't know. But, you know, we, we can get into. James Tyon as well. Uh you know, Left Lewis Lickey in the bullpen too today. Yeah, well, Lewis Lickey. I, I don't know why we didn't see him either, but it, you'll take it. They've, you'll take they've the... gone, They didn't use him in game one either, right? So they've been yeah. leaning into Peralta instead. But going yeah. into like throwing, and then to me, like it was James Tyon. Uh, it's the first time he's ever had a relief appearance. His first time he's ever pitched in the postseason, mm-hmm. and he's, he's not also, a strikeout guy. No, and he's also. You're probably, I mean, I thought their best candidate to be a game four starter or game five starter, I should say. And they burned him like, you know, it's there's a lot of weirdness to that. And that's one of those things, like I said, we'll maybe in segment two talk more about pitching. But uh, before we end this first segment here, let's, you know, we we talked about the home run. We talked about how they the fourth inning was a weird inning of manufacturing just because it was Naylor hit Miller single off the yeah. lefty I, I don't think we expect to see that and then Jimenez again Jimenez I believe has a runs created plus like 110 or 116 against lefties it's not bad so that's not that surprising but Naylor and Miller are pretty futile against lefties but let's let's jump ahead let's talk about the 10th here before we uh take our first sponsor break and you know a we talked about the weirdness of Tyon. b the Yankees I mean, you could have pl- played the the Benny is it Benny Hill music to some of those outfield decisions being made, mm-hmm. like Bonanza it was, or something. Yeah, yeah, it was just it, it was like between Jose being able to advance a third, Harrison. I mean, Harrison Bader is an excellent center fielder. That might be the first misplay I've ever seen him make. And I think it's that I think that was um, I think that was Cabrera and IKF. It was the left field. Oh, for Jose, I meant for Oscar. Oscar or was that? Oh, for Naylor, Naylor's double. Naylor's, Naylor's double, double. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I, well, I wonder how much the sun affected that too. I mean, that, yeah. he did not take a good route to that year. Right. hundred percent. But is there anybody yeah. else in baseball who's on third base besides Jose Ramirez on that, on that play? Like I that. Mean, I, I, he was just charged. And that's the thing. Like the, one of the things you always have to give this team credit for is like they charge out of the box. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have seen, especially down the stretch, a lot of times where t- other teams know that and they, it forces errors, like teams rush it. And you know, especially had, with him on the bases. Yeah. And with him, I mean, that was, he, he turned, so you have that and then the Donaldson threw the ball. So you had, you know, the second baseman with the awkward angle Donaldson with the bad throw. And then the next hitter is Naylor's double, right? No, Where, it's Gonzalez's single is next. Single. How, okay. And then and the then, infield's pulled in because of that. Yes. So that, that helps then, out Gonzalez. But then you still get Naylor up there in that situation. And then his where Bader takes a bad route. And it was just like, it was, mm-hmm. it felt, it wasn't gifted because I mean, these guys made legit contact, but especially Naylor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like th- those were going to fall in, in most situations. And, but it, it certainly helped. Like, I mean, there's a world where maybe 
the Naylor double scores a run instead of being, you know, uh, right. Gonzalez. Like if Jose doesn't get to third, so it's hustle, it's talent, but I, one of the things I just, you got to love with this team is the hustle factor. And uh, I mean, you, we saw it again and the way that's set up and Oscar Gonzalez has had, had some bad swings in this game. And even in that at bat, he, he, but his approach, yeah, you know, he, he, even when he has those bad swings, it's not like the great thing about Oscar is it doesn't throw him off. He comes back and, you know, I'm not saying every time he's going to have the big hit, but I mean, he has been, he has been ice cold, in this, I mean, in the positive way. Like, I mean, it's just it, when it's these big moments. It's the second time he's had the uh, steal something else from hockey. I mean, he had the game winning, uh, game winning RBI uh, instead of the game winning goal. But I mean, he he knocked yeah. it across. And give credit to Menes too. I mean, that that single really broke the string of them not getting hits third in scoring position. It wasn't a pretty single. It wasn't really all that hard hit. He reached out and he just slapped it to first, to right field and. Just got to feel like that probably eased a lot of tension in that dugout, just trying to get that first hit. So they were what, 0 for 13 or 14 at that point? 0 for 14, yeah. It was ugly. But, I mean, you go through and it's like, not only did they only strike out eight times, but they walked five times. And I feel like that's got to be a high for the postseason as well. And yes, it went to extra innings that gave them more opportunities, but uh, they had no walks in the extra frame. So they cut down on strikeouts. That was the yeah. important thing for them, for them to play and win their style of baseball. They had to stop striking out and they finally did. That was huge. So, yeah, no, the, you know, they did everything well. So I, it's like I said, it was, a, it was a complete improvement, multiple players with multiple hits, cut back on the strikeouts, increase the walks, but yeah. we should, uh, we should take a quick commercial break, come back. And we're going to talk about the pitching, which mm-hmm. has been consistently brilliant. That bullpen has been every bit the weapon we thought it would be. Yes, today's uh, bonus episode sponsor is BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting and all betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting. Up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. And looking at Bet Online, um, Jeff, Yankees are favored again in game three, negative 155 or minus 155, and Guardians plus 135. We'll see how that shifts. But Yankees favored in game three. That is really interesting to see. Um, cause now I think things are kind of a toss up and this is the one pitching matchup where Cleveland has the advantage for the last time in the, in the series, I think. Yeah. This would be one of those times where I'd say, eh, if, if you're the person who does that type of thing, uh, I, I feel good heading into this mm-hmm. game three situation. Very good. Like Tristan McKenzie has been, are you, know, Shane Bieber is, is, was at the end of the year, top five across most advanced pitching categories. But if you wanted to sit down and argue and say Tristan McKenzie was his team's best pitcher, I wouldn't fight it. Like, I mean, I think they've been a, basically one a and one B you can argue the order. And that's a huge advantage because, you know, Severino was very good this year. Don't get me wrong, but he just, you wonder when the arm's going to get tired. Like he hasn't pitched more than 20 innings in what three years. It's been a while. Yeah. He has. Yeah. Not as, I look at the standard here on Statcast. Yeah. Uh, 102 this year, six last year, 12 
in 2019. He didn't pitch in 2020. So he had 18 innings uh, the last three years before coming into this year. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, shaky. And if you're into prop betting, too, I would suggest if you want to bet on the Guardians to win, bet them to score four runs because that's the formula to win this season. I said before the game today, I tweeted, I said, um, Yankees have been held to under three runs 69 times this year. They went 20 and 49 in those instances. Cleveland scored exactly four runs 25 times this year. They scored four runs um, the most times out of any other score they've had this, this season. They were 17 and eight, and they were 18 and one this season when they scored four runs or more for Shane Bieber. So four runs is the magic number for Cleveland. I, I think you trust their pitching to hold New York to at least three runs to give you a chance to win. The, the bullpen was brilliant yet to give up a run and, and everything. I mean, it, how good do you think Trevor, uh, Trevor Steffen felt with his coming from New York, being kind of a forgotten man and getting the four strikeouts in his four innings? He struck out every batter he faced yeah. and he did it. I want to say he faced the heart of the order. Did he not? Yeah. He came in in the Wasn't sixth, it? right? Uh, uh, end of the sixth, beginning of the seventh. He got the final out. Yeah. Sixth. Yeah. He strikes out Matt Carpenter, who had a good at bat and mm-hmm. is a po- I know he's been hurt. And how, how good for Cleveland that uh, it looks like Matt Carpenter is really only healthy enough to be a pinch hitter. He can't DH. So um, that's important. Then, yeah. He struck out Bader. So he cut Carpenter, Bader, you know, who did a home run off of, um, off of Quantrill. But uh, Aaron Judge and Rizzo, he got striking out. That's huge. Yeah. That's a massive. Yeah. He's had a great postseason so far. Trevor Steffen. All of our concerns, and then he just. Yeah. Apparently, he's fine. Like, he couldn't find the splitter, but I will gladly take that he couldn't find the splitter. The well, he got Rizzo to chase season. one, thankfully. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I will, I'm glad he had his struggles then. Like, he got it out of his system. Um, but, you know, it, you know, good old 99 had some control issues. Uh, do you. Do you think the cold weather is affecting him? I have uh, a longtime listener who's got a theory on, on, on 99 and cold weather. He went to Bryant. That's in Rhode Island. Yeah. He pitched in cold weather in college. I, I don't think that's a thing. Sorry. It's not that cold. And, and everybody, what was the, the temperature today was 68 degrees in New York. It was not cold. So, no, uh, sorry, doesn't work. I don't think so. Just, <laughs> and to be fair, he had Giancarlo Stanton struck out. The, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but the home yeah. plate umpire was bad. It was bad. I'm yeah, sorry. It it's it's not been on both it, sides and both sides. Yeah. There's definitely some pitches on both sides. It's the umpiring has left a lot to be desired at home plate in this series. In my opinion, it's only been two games, but I thought it's uh rather poor. And you know, to be fair, even going back to that Tampa series, I thought that Cleveland's framing ability was, uh was highly uh shown. Like you got to see so many pitches at the bottom of the zone, but class a, I mean, cool. we're not seeing him tomorrow, but or today when you're listening, I should say. But he's, you know, in New York showing why he is best reliever in baseball. He is the best reliever left, I would say, in the postseason. I mean, everyone wanted to say Edwin Diaz was maybe better, but I'll take Class A. Yeah, that was some that was some uh, some huevos that it took there for Manuel Class A to to start the just to finish the eighth off. And with James Karinchak's mess, um, even though Bases he did have a loaded situation, out. right? Yeah, again, it was against uh, who did he come in and strike out in the eighth inning? He struck out, uh, or he didn't strike out. He got uh, Kyle Higashioka to line out, and then comes back in the ninth inning and gets Bader, Judge, 
Rizzo and Torres. And then, yeah, they take the lead and then they throw him out there. He got eight, what, seven outs today? Yeah. I had, yeah. I had to go back and look and I had to what, to what Andrew Miller did in the postseason. Um, How about? 20, oh, good. 2016. Yeah. 2016. Andrew Miller got um, eight outs against the Blue Jays in game five of the LCS, and that was a clincher. So you were going to ride him to, for all you could because that was a Ryan Merritt start. But yeah. um, I want to say Class A rewarded Terry Francona for going with him, oh, but yeah. that's a risky decision because if you, you bring, you're bringing Class A out for a third, he you know he got off the bench for the third time or second time, I should say. And that's his third inning of work. And if Class A is control wanes and he gets into trouble and they lose that game not only did you lose and go down oh two you also burn class a for the next day i don't think he's pitching game three today as people probably listen to this yeah um that's a big risk so kudos to class a for coming through and uh you know that's a lot of stones it took from francona and class a to pull that off but you know we, we were talking about aaron boone's questionable decision how about in the 10th where they ended up with oh. tim lo castro playing like the choice to pinch run for him which was a weird choice at the time. It just struck me. I'm like, I, you know, with the way everything else was set up, but that like Tim Locastro is, he has a skill. He's personifies quad a to me, you know, like it, that was, it was like, okay, but yeah, class a, like I said, I'll just, I'll, st- I'll, I'll plant the flag and stay there. Uh, yeah. Edwin Diaz has the, the music and he's in New York and strike flashy and he's got the strikeouts man. Who, who the numbers i don't think they you know i haven't done a deep dive but i i have a hard time believing anyone's been more effective at keeping guy he gave up two hits in july two <laughs> and he led the didn't he lead the league in saves and appearances like i mean he wasn't just mm-hmm. a closer i mean he was a reliever he you know he was out there for, i didn't see edwin diaz closing out though yeah. all-star game this year just saying yeah. I didn't see Edwin Diaz closing out uh, any games in the postseason either. That's um, right. Just to twist that, my I got, when I lived in New York, my buddies were Mets fans. I preferred the Mets to the Yankees. I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind. Uh, but w- let's get we we kind of skipped our starter, and while it didn't wasn't necessarily as good as his first game, and like you look at the numbers and there's the walks and the hits, and he actually let a lot of guys on base. Uh, Bieber after that first inning really settled in and kept this team in the game. That cutter, man, against the Yankees took 17 swings against his cutter. They swung and missed 11 times. It was nasty. And he threw it for six called strikes too, um, 35 times and 17 uh, called strikes or, or swing and miss. That's a almost a 50% rate. And for those who are wondering what that is, I know some people get mad when we talk about analytics. Sorry, this is this, this is just cool. Um, a, a called swinging strike rate is like a good one is like thirty percent. He was almost fifty percent in that cutter today, so that cutter was fantastic. He missed one pitch to Aaron Judge or Aaron Judge. I'm sorry, to Carlos Stanton uh, all day. Yeah, uh, shut out Aaron Judge three times. He got the golden sombrero again. Man, he if that was not Bieber's best performance. Um, Wow, he's got a lot left in him. That's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, should we should we talk about some of the dumb judge takes? He's going to be <laughs> fine in his like. Here's the thing: I don't think anyone loses money in the postseason. I think people do make money in the postseason, but 
listen, judges having a rough go. It happens. Everyone has ups and downs, but teams realize two games are two games. It is interesting, though. You know, I was talking before the show that, you know, IKF, the shortstop, like his family took abuse this year because he, he struggled so much offensively. And I think I am most nervous when he steps in the box right now, based on these first two games, like he has been arguably their best hitter. So do you, do you know uh, why you're nervous for him? Do you know why? No. Because he, he is exactly like a guardian's hitter. He doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play. He puts the bat on the ball. He finds a way to get on base. And as soon as you get base runners, especially when he's well. hitting, Yes, he runs well. He hits the bottom of the Yankee lineup. So if he gets on base, guess what? You might have a base runner on for Aaron Judge. That's why he scares you. No, and I will take it. Uh, you know, he's – I just think he's a, a positive success story for them. On the other side, I mean, Cleveland, it was it was everyone. And that's, that's the nice thing. Like, everyone kind of got in on it. I'm like, did anyone not at least reach base? I mean, I think, ev- <coughs> I think everyone reached base. The bullpen is yet to give up a run. I think I already said that, but I'm just going to say it again because they've had two extra inning affairs and that bullpen has been that tight. Um, yeah, they, they burned the the Hydra today, as I call it, the big three. But mm-hmm. Sam Henches is honestly very close to being in that group if he isn't already. He and I know, I know it's a big right-handed heavy team, but Henches was effective against righties or lefties this year. Yes, more effective against mm-hmm. lefties, but I mean... I believe, and I know it's, you know, relievers, but I believe he had the lowest ERA in the second half of any reliever in baseball. And he did. And he, did. He, he was that good. And yes, we missed Nick Sandlin. And it was interesting that the only pitcher up, because I was listening to it um, after work, I unless there was someone else, they made it sound like it was only NEL up pitching that they were going to go to him if anything went sideways. But and Henches just, was going to, was warming up with Class A initially and then. Once they got out of that, it when when Karen Jack was out there struggling, it was it was Henches and Class A, and then they brought Class A, and that was the end for for Henches today. I will be. I assume he's going to be first man out tomorrow, um, just because of usage. Though I mean, because Stefan going more than an inning. Um, let's see how many total. Batters. I think Stefan can give you pitches tomorrow. He only he threw twenty one pitches, thirteen for strikes. I think that. Stefan probably can give you Karen Chalk is uh, at 29. That's yeah, pretty, he's done for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean he had he had four class A class okay, so just to put this you know in perspective, class A went two and a third innings, Karen Chuck went nine uh two thirds of an inning. Class A only threw four more pitches. Yeah, class A faced um nine batters and retired them on 33 pitches. Karen Chuck faced four batters. And through 29 pitches. So, yeah, that's the efficiency. That's why Class yeah. A can do this because he's efficient. Yeah. But, no, I, I think Stefan will be available in game three. I don't know if you're going to get 21 pitches out of him again. But no. if you ask him for, like, 15, I think you'd be fine. And I think um, – He might be the closer tomorrow. Yes, I think so. I think you'll it see It might him. be, like, Henches to, to, to Class A with, with Enyel. I mean, that's my – those are the three guys I'm betting would be the three main out of the pen. Yeah, I think your game plan tomorrow. I don't know if you're going to well, get seven from McKenzie. Should we, game, should we take our break and come back and talk about the game plan for tomorrow? I like it. Yeah, there we go. So let's let's take our second break here. We will. My cat, uh, old co-host, is making sure that we get that break in. He wants to jump up and say hi. Uh, we are going to take this break, come back, and discuss game three, a game that apparently Justin and I like more in the betting sites in Cleveland's favor. 
And we're back. So let's talk game three. You're talking about the plan. You're talking about the setup. Uh, you know, where do you want to start with this one? Well, I think ideally, and, and Terry Francona said they don't script games out, which I kind of wonder why not, because I think you could have a plan A, B, C for how things mm-hmm. go and how, man- I guess it's match dependent. They'll match the bullpen up tomorrow on game three today. People will probably listen to this. Um, they'll match up based on the matchups, but I think I, I don't know if you're going to get seven innings from McKenzie, but I think the, I think the idea is McKenzie Henches and Stefan. And then, you know, if you have to, you go to De Los Santos and maybe you use Morgan against like the bottom of the order. Like you can use Gore, you can use Morgan against like IKF and Trevino and Bader. And then, um, have somebody up or, you know, have Henches or somebody for judge up when you get to yeah. that point. So there's a, there's a fair, there's enough guys available tomorrow. And I think everybody except for Tyone's coming back for New York tomorrow, but let I, me, let me ask you of the guys that pitched today for New York, Trevino, Loisica, Peralta, Holmes, Tyone, Clark Schmidt. The only guy to me that looked like blow you away. Good was Clark Schmidt. I think, Wandy Peralta was good because he's a lefty. Clay Holmes didn't yeah. look, you know, fantastic. No, I, the only guy to, to me that looked like scary was was Clark Schmidt. No, Loisaga is never scary looking, but he's always effective. So, like, I'm yeah. scared of him just from the. I think he might be their best reliever um, right now in terms of just effectiveness. Like, he's 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 more of the Joe Borowski um, level of of stuff, but like, he's just effective. So. But it is interesting that Weissgut and Peralta have been used in both games. Schmidt, uh, you know, he's he's the former starter. So he was another one of those guys who, depending on how you want to look at it, might be a developmental success or not success story that it's a starter that's now part of their pen. Uh, I'm, I'll am i be curious to see how they let things play out. Trevino, I feel like... You know, he was a top arm for Oakland, one of the, what, four players they added through trades, and they only have access to two of them now on this roster. Um, they're, they're, they're he wasn't those... great. He wasn't no. great. And he, I feel like he was up and down all year. So I thought, I understand. I, I don't understand why they went to him in that situation with the batters are coming up. I understand why they went to him in the sixth, though, um, hoping to maybe save some of the guys that they weren't able to save. I, I am surprised about Licky. I assume we'll see him tomorrow in some form, but yeah, you'll have to, you know, it, it's, this is what I talked about when I talked about why like a rain could help. Like their bullpen got what two, four, six, six pitchers in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any of them outside, but you got to assume the Weisinga is not going to be in tomorrow after pitching nearly two innings. Um, I mean, he threw, he threw 15 pitches. I don't see why not. I guess. I think you yeah, can yeah. Get him. No, I guess you're Again. right. I thought, it's amazing yeah. they got through in only 15 pitches. I hadn't looked at that. Peralta was 15. I think the only uh, guy not coming back tomorrow is Jameis and Tyone. I don't know. I yeah. mean, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, but the, yeah, the offense got into the bullpen. That's, that's what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's the only way it's going to work is if you can knock a pitcher out early and, and Cleveland's got to win game three, I think, because yes, um, you've got to knock Severino out early if, if it's not with runs, it's got to be pitch count and you've got to get into the bullpen again. You've got to win. Cause I think you need to be up to one when you have Quantrill. They haven't, they haven't said Quantrill's pitching game four, but I, I can't imagine it's going to be anybody else. You do have Aaron Savali lurking out there, but I think 
he's got to be available for a game five and you yeah. sell Plesak if you need him. But um, Gosh, I mean, you got to win game three because... forever. Like Plesak feels like he is just there as the long man. Like he's only there if yeah, his he, team like he it's... warmed up in wild card game two. But um, yeah, yeah, you can't. I don't think you can go down two one and have to face Garrett Cole and Cal Quantrill in game four. I, I think yeah, it's a, it's another must win for Cleveland. They have they should have an edge in this game too. No, I agree. I think they have the pitching edge. I think people are sleeping on how good Tristan has been. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, they have the pitch, pitching edge. They need to go out there and just uh, take control of this series. And I think they are set up to do that. And then, you know, game four, it's it's a close m- matchup. I mean, when you just look at, yes, there's a ton of strikeouts for Garrett Cole, but it's like Quattrell versus Cole was what a four to one game in the end. And like uh, Cole is not the Garrett Cole of two years ago or even a year ago. And then game five, if we can get there, who knows what the Yankees are going to do? Like that's right. after burning tie on today. I mean, he can't be their game five starter. So is it Herman who's been up and down? I mean, this is why they went out and traded for Frankie Montas, but he's, Another one of those guys like Benintendi who uh, and Scott Efros who are all hurt. They, all their yeah, big, big uh, trades have yeah. really set them back. Yep, I mean, I, Aaron Boone said we talked about. It. He said he was planning on a three-man pitching staff. The rainout changes that. So again, the rainout favors Cleveland. It pushes some some back to Cleveland now. Um, if it goes five, I think I I think the series might go five, but. Just, yeah. wins game three. I, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I feel good. I, I feel like they should. Like, to me, game three is a with the pitching matchup. It I think it favors them. And then game four, we'll have to see. But then game five, like I, like I said, New York feels. And then especially, like I said, if they're gonna, and and I'll be curious to see by then, like who, you know what pitchers have been used heavily. Like who are they going to be able mm-hmm. to go to? who is going to be available and who isn't, I'll be curious, but I feel good. Uh, of course I do. They won, but it, it sets and, up for a very positive situation. And if they win game three and they don't pitch class A, you, I mean, they're not going to be able to pitch class A, but if you win that game, he comes back four and five, ready to go both days. Yeah. So before we get out of here, I want to say one quick thing, Jeff, too. Um, Guardians as part of the pregame festivities on Saturday. I think this is a really great, great touch by the Guardians. Um, Andres Melendez, who was a catching prospect for them, yeah, uh, passed, passed away, away last, last year. Right? Yeah, tragically at a very young age. His family is going to deliver the game ball for, before Game Three. I think that's a very nice touch by the organization. It's a the fantastic touch. I agree. Yeah. No, he was. I, uh, I don't want to forget to mention. That. No, no, it's definitely it should be mentioned. He's like early 20s like 2021 yeah 2021 like very very young came over from the brewers organization i want to say and it was a shocking thing when it occurred so that's they've you know you you tweeted out about it the organization is definitely doing some you know they, they brought in all the scouts and their families for one game they're doing this they're doing some things very right in terms of like showing value to the people who work there and the players in the system they don't forget that. <clears throat> so should be a good time in game three. The crowd is sold out. They're coming home off a win. There should be some good momentum in that in that crowd. For game Absolutely. Three. It should be a and fun it's a game. Saturday night. Yeah. And we might have some midges. Right? 
Maybe. I don't know. Great story from uh, Zach Meisel, once again, of The Athletic, crushing it. Uh, don't want to talk about midge for creation, but uh, um, yeah, you never know what could happen. They'll, I think the Yankees will be more prepared this time around. But uh, Yeah, they're not going to probably spray the stuff that actually, like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny to think about, like, just how the internet has evolved nowadays. Like, back then, they were just assumed. Nowadays, it always be like, okay, let's look midges up on the internet. We didn't right. have smartphones back then, right? I don't think so, so. I don't think so. Yeah, readily available, but well, hopefully uh, on full force, and and hopefully Tristan McKenzie doesn't care. Yeah, hopefully it's like uh, Fosto, aka Roberto, uh, just sitting there toughing it out. Uh, But yeah, it's you know, it's just it's kind of funny after everything else if if that does indeed occur. Uh, That's our our, one of our bonus shows. You know, we'll we'll potentially do more uh, depending on how things go. Uh, in these games, but uh, I want to thank everyone who's listening and tuning in. We're up to 749 subscribers, so thank you to our five newest subscribers. Over on the YouTube, getting to a 1,000 is huge for us, so please, please, please subscribe if you haven't. Um, remember to rate and review as well on the iTunes. That all helps, and it's all things you can do that don't cost you a dime, but help a podcast you might enjoy. Uh, anything else you want to add, uh, or should I just say go, go, Guardians, go? works for me. Go, go, Guardians, go.